The 34th ranked player in the class of 2024 is set to make his announcement later today. Will Jordan Ross pick the Vols? That and a whole lot more. It's your Monday, Locked on Vols. You are Locked on Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Can't thank you everydayers enough for being here, watching on YouTube, listening wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Monday through Friday, 30 minutes. Tennessee Volunteers every single day right here on Locked On Balls. And hey, tomorrow you everydayers get to... Uh, answer or I get to answer some of your questions. So send me in any questions, comments, concerns for the mailbag edition of the show that is coming up tomorrow right here on Locked on Vols. Got a fun show coming up today. Jordan Ross going to preview that commitment announcement. Uh, going to start a new series, the position previews. I'm talk about quarterbacks, what we know about these positions at this point in fall camp. And then in segment three, going to get back into a topic we discussed over the summer, the Swamp Queen, the Swamp Kings. Uh, the uh, documentary, the docu-series on the Florida football team from 05 to 10 is going to debut on Netflix tomorrow. Um, a little update on that, and if we kind of tweak that a little bit, and if they made one about the University of Tennessee, what stories would you want highlighted? We've talked about this a little bit before, but there's been some new answers since then as well, and uh, we'll get into that here in segment number three. All right, so Jordan Ross, he is a six foot four, six foot four and a half. 215-pound edge in the class of 2024 from Vazifa Hills, Hills, I believe is how you say it, and that's in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, According to the On3 Industry Rankings, Jordan Ross is the 34th overall player in the class. He's the fourth edge, and he's the fifth-rated player out of Alabama. A really, really nice prospect. He's a four-star in the in the on three industry rankings. He's a five-star according to two, uh, the to uh, two four seven sports and the twelfth ranked overall player in the country. If you look at on three, he's still a four-star, but he's the seventieth rated prospect in the country. ESPN has him listed at twenty-four and a four-star, and Rivals.com has him at eighty-one the 81st ranked player in the country, and a four-star as well. So 247 Sports, really high on him. But when you uh, put all those into the on-three industry rankings, he's a four-star rated prospect, 34th overall player in the country, fourth edge, and fifth player out of the state of Alabama. So anyway, you want to spin it, he is a good player. He's a talented player, explosive off the edge. Tennessee's been in this one for a long time. I think Tennessee's probably the favorite heading into his 8 o'clock Eastern time announcement set for later tonight. Jordan Ross is set to announce his commitment on the On3 YouTube channel um, on that show and pick between Tennessee, Florida, Texas, and Alabama. That's going to be at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Will Tennessee get some good news? We will find out, but I do think Tennessee's likely the leader heading into the day. They've been very consistent uh, throughout his recruitment. He's been on campus so many times throughout the last couple of seasons and a couple of times already here in 2022 and in the summer of or 2023 and in this past summer. And uh, this will be a huge get for Tennessee, a huge get. If you look at the uh, Tennessee recruiting class so far in the class of 2024, already 19 commits. Tennessee is ranked ninth in the country and sixth in the Southeastern Conference. So if you're about to get a top 34 player in the country, you're going to jump up a little bit. You're going to move up in those those consensus rankings, ninth probably up to seventh or eighth. You're going to move up likely from sixth 
to maybe fourth or fifth in the SEC. I mean, this is a big get if you are to get Jordan Ross. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens here later on tonight. You look at his uh, recruiting profile over at the On3 database. Uh, the uh, description under personal life reads like this. Jordan Ross, nickname Child's Play, but his teammates and high school coach say there's nothing to kid about his game. That's funny. Uh, Ross earned All-State, All-Region, All-Metro, and even some All-American honors after the 2022 season. He recorded 16 tackles for loss, had two defensive touchdowns for his high school. Uh, that was as a, a junior. He's got length. Uh, he's uh, got great closing speed, legendary uh, high school head coach Buddy Anderson said, his high school coach. Ross reportedly clocked a 4.640-yard dash and a record 35-inch vertical leap in the summer before his junior season. He jumps off the tape, his high school football coach says. Uh, Ross also jumps off the film on the basketball court as well, as well where he's a center. Uh, he says that he's uh, an unselfish player. He, he told uh, TexAgs.com, Earlier this year, he said, I can give it all on every play, and I'm on the field, and I want to be the best. Uh, of course, Clemson, uh, he says the former Clemson Tigers star defensive lineman uh, Brian Breesey as a favorite player and uh, studies his film and tries to improve uh, in, in the liking. So he had a huge, huge junior season. He's going to have a really, really big senior season as well. Again, he's your prototypical edge, right? Six foot five-ish, 215 pounds. He's got a really, really good base. Um, yeah, again, you, you heard from his high school coach there. He's got length. He's got explosion. He jumps off the field, jumps off the tape and all that. And, uh, it's going to be between Tennessee and Florida, Alabama, Texas, uh, Georgia's even in the conversation, but I do think Tennessee's likely the leader, you know, moving into the day. So if Jordan Ross were to commit to the university of Tennessee, uh, he would be the 20th overall commit. He would be the second highest ranked commit in the class if this were to happen. Uh, the highest ranked commit in the class, of course, is wide receiver and five-star Mike Matthews. Mike Matthews is the 14th overall player, according to the On3 Industry Rankings, fourth at his position, and third in the state of Georgia. But Mike Matthews is Tennessee's highest-rated prospect, and if Jordan Ross were to commit tonight to Tennessee, then he would be the second-highest-rated prospect. There's a huge drop-off from Mike Matthews and then Tennessee's second at currently Tennessee's second highest rated commit. You look at Caleb Beasley, who is the second highest rated commit. He's the 133rd overall prospect in the country, according to the On3 industry rankings. And then Jake Merklinger, who's the four-star quarterback in this class, would come in behind him at 136. Uh, Braylon Staley, the number one wide receiver in the state of South Carolina, comes in at 138. And it looks like Jonathan Eccles is at 146 and so on and so forth. So again, Tennessee's got a lot of blue chippers in this class. But if Jordan Ross were to commit to the University of Tennessee, would easily be the second highest ranked prospect in the class for the University of Tennessee and kind of would give that some cushion there so it's not as huge of a differential between Mike Matthews and then Caleb Beasley. Uh, Tennessee would also, if it does pick up the commit of Jordan Ross, uh, he would be the 13th four-star in the class to go along with five-star Mike Matthews. So that means that, let's see, 14... That means that 15 of the 20 commits in the class, if Jordan Ross were to commit, would be four-star prospects or higher. That ain't bad. And I'm telling you, there's some three-stars in this class that I think when it's all said and done, they're going to jump up to four-stars as well. He would be the 10th defender in the class. So it would be of 20 prospects, 10 would be on offense, 10 would be on defense, and he would be the second edge in this class. There's some other guys that could potentially play out on the edge in this class, but uh, you know, in the class so far, the only other edge is Kellen Lindstrom, 
uh, four-star ranked prospect, six foot six, six foot six, two forty. I think he can move inside a little bit, or maybe to that strong side defensive end spot if he continues to grow. Uh, but he is from Springfield, Missouri. But he is listed as an edge and as a guy that could potentially play that Leo position. But Jordan Ross would be huge as a Leo in this offense. So uh, we will see exactly what's to come. Jordan Ross, big time commitment announcement coming up on the On3 YouTube channel. Later tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern time, he will be picking between finalists of Tennessee, of Florida, of Texas, and of Alabama. And I think Tennessee is sitting in a good position here, but we'll see if it's official coming up later tonight at 8 o'clock. This recruitment's had some twists and some turns. He's been really high on Tennessee at times. He's been really uh, he's been one not to, to answer the phone sometimes at times. Uh, recruiting is ne- Following recruiting and covering recruiting has never been more difficult now than it ever has been. Uh, just with the transfer portal, name, image, and likeness opportunities, all that type of stuff. There's there's simply a process you got to go by now. You got to you know alert somebody. Hey, this is when I make my announcement. Get that graphic out there, and then the final push from all the teams after that because they're on the clock. It's very challenging to cover recruiting now than you know than it hasn't. It's always been challenging. Don't get me wrong, but it's more challenging now than it ever has been before. But I think Tennessee still is in a pretty good spot for Jordan Ross entering commitment day, which is today, coming up tonight. His announcement will be made on the On3 YouTube channel at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So we'll see if Tennessee gets him. Would be a huge get. And, of course, we'll have coverage for it if Jordan Ross picks the University of Tennessee right here on Locked On Vols. That will come up on Tuesday's show. Tuesday's show is also going to be a mailbag edition of the show. So any questions, comments, concerns that you guys have, get them in there at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We've all put our online resumes out there with hopes of gaining that new job and taking that next step in your career. Maybe you have where you want to be in your career, your goals. Maybe it's a small business, but you need help. Someone that's trustworthy and someone that's capable to help you run your business. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize with LinkedIn Jobs who you want to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality versus quality hires versus the leading competition. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, guys, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day, starting a new series here today on the show, position previews. And I was intentional in waiting to do position previews while we were very much uh, on the backside of fall camp. Wanted to get a good idea of uh, kind of the group and, and the players uh, who have shined, who have stood out, who's had good camps when kind of breaking down each position group heading into the 2023 season. Now, today's going to be pretty easy. Today's going to be the quickest and easiest position that we're going to break down because we're talking about the quarterback position, and that is Joe Milton. This is Joe Milton's team. He is the leader. He is the starter, and he's had a really, really good camp. His backup is star, five-star you know, freshman, number one overall player, according to the On3 rankings in the 2023 class, Nico Iamaliaba. He is the backup. There is no, absolutely no quarterback controversy uh, here on Rocky Top. That, that's just that's just point blank. Uh, behind those guys, you have uh, Gasson Moore. Gasson Moore is a walk-on quarterback. He was 
a quarterback at UCF. He left UCF and followed Josh Heupel to the University of Tennessee, walked on. Uh, he is now in the fourth year in the system uh, because, again, he was at UCF as well. And so he is very dialed in and knows the Josh Heupel system inside and out. And then you have Navy Shuler, who, of course, is the son of uh, legendary uh, former Tennessee quarterback Keith Shuler. So those are the four quarterbacks in the room. Uh, for Tennessee, you hope that Joe Milton stays healthy, number one, because he gives you the best chance to win. Uh, he's an unreal talent, and, and if everything clicks for Joe Milton, I think Tennessee is going to be a force to be reckoned with for the second straight year. Uh, we talk about those ifs and all that all the time, putting it together week to week to week and all that. Uh, but, you know, real talk here, if Joe Milton gets hurt, that, that is not a good situation for the University of Tennessee because you would have to turn to a true freshman in Nico. And I think Nico's super talented. I think Nico's had a solid camp. I think he's improving. I think he, um, everything you hear and everything you see, he knows the offense. He's learning the offense better and better each and every day. He knows the why, not just what, the why and why you do things in this offense. Um, you know, he's a young quarterback. So when you watch him in routes on air, I mean, some of his passes are overthrown. You know, really, I'm not a quarterback guru, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, the release point, he's releasing the football too high at some points in times, and so he's missing a little high on receivers. You've seen that a little bit throughout fall camp. But, again, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a quarterback coach. He looks good a lot of times as well. And you can see the flashes, and you can see why um, he was very, very, very heavily recruited. But not everybody's Trevor Lawrence. And can Nico be better than Trevor Lawrence? Maybe. We'll see. I mean, again, he was kind of the savior of the class of 2023. He was kind of that dude, right? I mean, there, that, that class in 2023 was really good, the quarterback class. Uh, I mean, you, you got Arch Manning. You got Nico. You got a, you know Dante Moore. You've got um, a ton of other really, really talented players who are all across the country. But anyway, you, you don't want to turn to a freshman quarterback before he's ready and can he go in there and lead the offense up and down the field and make some plays I'm sure he can but I think Nico would benefit greatly from watching Joe Milton and sitting back there being a sponge and being everything that Joe Milton was to Hendon Hooker a season ago I think that that would do just so much for Nico in preparing to be the guy in 2024 so you pray for safety and you hope that safety you know that you hope that Joe Milton's going to be safe out there and injury free because if you have to turn to a true freshman quarterback, especially early in the season, that's not necessarily a good thing. Doesn't mean that Nico's not getting better. Doesn't mean that Nico's not good. I just think that he's going to be much better this time next year than he would be in a football game right now. Just my opinion. That's not really far-fetched. Now about Joe Milton. It was just last week when Josh Heupel even said he doesn't even know if Joe Milton's thrown an interception yet uh, in fall camp. And there's a lot, as I explained on the show last week, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of throws. There's seven-on-sevens, one-on-ones, team periods, all that type of stuff. So I find it very unlikely that Joe's not thrown one interception. But the fact that your head coach is up there saying, I, I can't even remember if he's thrown one yet, to the media. And, and you know that Josh Hopple's very meticulous and he's very careful with everything that he says in front of a microphone. I think that just shows you how confident he is in Joe Milton and how far he's come. Comfortable in his own skin leader uh didn't didn't run away whenever things weren't going well in 2021 he's had a really 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 good fall camp um is he going to be a Heisman finalist probably not um I know there's some people that get mad whenever somebody may say that or somebody somebody may write that or whatever but I mean guys Heisman finalists are for the best football players in the world at that point in time um can Tennessee reach double digit wins without a Heisman finalist at quarterback absolutely you did last year with Hendon Hooker uh, I think Joe Milton's going to be really, really good.
But again, it's about improving it. It's about, it's, it's about proving it week after week after week. And I think his first true massive, massive test, obviously, is going to be on the road week three uh, at the Swamp. But I think Joe Milton is having a really, really strong camp. Again, there's not much to kind of break down um, in this quarterback room. There's another walk-on quarterback, Ryan uh, Damron, who's from, I believe, Henry County. He's a walk-on quarterback. But, you know, those are the quarterbacks. you got two scholarship quarterbacks, three walk-ons, and Gasson Moore, who honestly is um, is considered a, he is a walk-on quarterback, unless he's been put on scholarship that I'm not aware of. Um, he was the star of the spring game, but um, it's a really, really good fallback option if it came to that. Of course, Gasson Moore was your backup quarterback against Vanderbilt and in the Orange Bowl uh, against uh, against Clemson in, in, down in Miami whenever Hendon Hooker was out injured. But that's really all the names to break down, and I, I think that Tennessee's in a good spot. I think that Tennessee's set up uh, with Joey Halsley, still quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator. You know Josh Heibel is a former quarterback himself, and uh, he's the head coach. So I think these quarterbacks are getting coached by two of the best coaches in this regard, especially in the system, than you could possibly imagine. And um, I think Tennessee's going to be pretty solid at the quarterback position, although you know, don't expect Hendon Hooker of 2023 because he was playing at a level that you haven't seen quarterback played here, goodness gracious, uh, you know, really since, I mean, Casey Clawson was, was really, really good. Eric Ainge had spurts. Tyler Bray had spurts. Josh Dobbs had spurts. But Hendon Hooker was solid his entire career while being the quarterback at Tennessee. It was short. Remember, he started his career at Virginia Tech, but Hendon Hooker was elite the entire time he was the start, starting quarterback here at the University of Tennessee, and t and you haven't seen that you know since the likes of Peyton. So it's been a long, long time. Um, I, I'll leave you with this in terms of the position previews, and we'll we'll look at the running backs tomorrow. Work our way to the wide receivers, and and tell you the names and everything, and how these guys are doing at fall camp. We'll get to the offensive line. We'll move over to defense next week. But um, I'll leave with this, man. I do I do uh, radio hits, you know, around you know different radio stations around the country. Did one in Louisiana uh, with the goat on Friday. I do some in. Birmingham and you know around SEC country a lot and Nashville often and you know so many times you know people um from a broad perspective that aren't you know on, on the beat you know down here in Knoxville every single day they just kind of see the headlines and everything and they know who Nico is know that Nico is a huge deal and so I don't blame them for asking the question but I get asked um <laughs> I get asked the question a lot in preseason like hey uh, hearing a lot of good things about Nico Iamaliava. I mean, is he really going to be the backup, or is he going to you know push to be the starting quarterback at a point in times this year? And I always kind of sit just sit back and kind of laugh because I'm like, man, like boring injury. I mean, no, like of course you go out there and you're not producing, then a change has got to be made. So I'm not trying to say that uh, every that Joe Milton's job is completely safe because nobody's job is completely safe, but. There is absolutely not a quarterback controversy whatsoever on campus right now. Just like in, you know, in down in Texas with Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is the guy, and I think the smartest thing that Texas did was after the spring game say, "Hey, Quinn Ewers is our quarterback," and I'm sure that was incorporated with the Manning camp as well and everything else. I don't think they want to rush Arch into playing as well, but that was such a smart move. So you can say, "Hey, that's our guy. We're not going to have an offseason of speculation. We're not going to have an offseason of questions. Fall camp." Quinn Ewers is our guy. It was never officially named Joe Milton was our guy in spring, but, I mean, again, you have people like me that sit here saying, hey, this is Joe Milton's team. 
it's you know Joe Milton's gonna be the starting quarterback and that of course has not changed so this does not mean that Nico is bad this does not mean that Nico is not who we thought he was this does not mean that Nico is not going to be good it just means that hey he's learning he's a freshman He's, he's flashed a lot in fall camp. Josh Hopple said a lot of great things about him after the scrimmage, the second scrimmage on the last Thursday or Wednesday or whatever. But this is Joe Milton's team, and Joe Milton is playing at a really, really, really high level right now. So a lot of good things said by Joe, or a lot of good things said about Joe Milton so far in fall camp, and uh, that is the blandest, most vanilla position preview that I think I've ever done. But it just, it just is what it is, right? Joe Milton's the guy. And uh, until proven otherwise, Joe Milton's going to be the leader of this football team. We'll get into the running backs. I'll tell you who has shined. And I'll tell you what, Jalen Wright's going to be a breakout star this year for the University of Tennessee. That's coming up on tomorrow's show, along with your mailbag questions, comments, concerns. Get them in there at underscore Kaner and at Lockdown Balls. When we come back, Swamp Kings on Netflix, that docuseries, it's going to debut tomorrow. Vols edition. If they were to make a docu-series on Netflix about Tennessee, what stories would you want covered? And there's some new ones, obviously, with the Jeremy Pruitt investigation and everything that came out from that 30-month-long investigation here on Rocky Top. That and a whole lot more we'll discuss on the other side right here on Lockdown Balls. Couple more minutes left here on this Monday edition of Lockdown Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here. Again, Swamp Kings, um, a docu-series uh, chronicling the 2005 through the 2010 years that Florida under head coach Urban Meyer. That is set to debut on Netflix tomorrow. And again, I know we don't we don't give a crap about Florida, and that's fine. But I think as sports fans, and I think as football and SEC fans, we can all agree that, boy, what a time that was down in Gainesville, Florida, uh, under Urban Meyer, 05 to 10, Tim Tebow. Riley Cooper, who of course you know went on to play football with the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, you know had a had a racial slur that was not great whatsoever. Uh, I think it was in 2013, and, and of course he's not playing football. I think he, I, I don't know when he officially retired, but he hadn't played football in a while. But he was on that team. Aaron Hernandez, and of course we know his story was on that team. Uh, there were a lot of characters. Uh, Percy Harvin was on that team. A whole lot of characters. A lot of good football players as well. But it was a, uh, a very interesting time in college football, and all those characters were on a specific program in Florida under a, a scumbag of a head coach, in my opinion, and Urban Meyer. Great coach, really good analyst uh, on on high noon or kickoff uh, noon, high noon, I believe it's called. Anyway, um, but uh, not a very good person, and uh, so I'm I'm intrigued to watch that. Don't get me wrong, just because I'm a football fan. And uh, I, I like all that type of stuff. But it got me thinking, and we've talked about this on the show before, and it's a fun exercise. If they had some type of docuseries chronicling a specific time period or a team or an event for the University of Tennessee, what would those events, time periods, games, whatever be? Uh, again, we've done this before, but um, in light of Tennessee's punishment being final and everything coming out for the NCAA, I mean... I would love a docu-series on the Jeremy Pruitt era. I mean, the entirety of it coming in, you know, a seven and five year number one, pretty or five and seven year number one, but they made some strides. Okay, you know, whatever, year two, seven and five, big time win in the Gator Bowl. Everything's great, you know, right? And then you enter your three and you're two and oh in a COVID shortened season, right? And um, things are looking great. And then it all just spirals downhill in a hurry. You win only one of your final eight games, you finish three and uh, seven in that 10-game schedule, and then ultimately you are fired for cause, 
and that sent the university in a 30-month-long investigation, hiring your own firm, paying for the own investigation, inviting the NCAA to sit front row and see you uncover and uncover and uncover dirt inside of your program, and you turn it all over to the NCAA on a silver platter and say, hey, come punish me. And all this type of stuff, and of course, all that stuff. And you know, we've had Adam Sparks on from Knox News, and all the stuff that he's gone through. He and his team over at the Knoxville News Sentinel, and text messages, and emails, and everything. The Pruitt, some of his staffers, Brian Niedermeyer, um, Shelton Felton. You know, just everything that's been uncovered the last couple of months. Um, I think that would be really, really cool to see in a movie form. Also, the Lane Kiffin era. It was, it was fast, it was furious, it was one season. Kiffin, uh, young, energetic, saying that they're going to be singing Rocky Top down in the swamp at his opening press conference, and <laughs> all the way to his coaching staff that had incredible talent on that staff. So many soon-to-be head coaches and big-time coordinators at the Power 5 level uh, to the night that he left and everything in between. Recruiting violations to where Tennessee was going to be hammered if Lane Kiffin stayed. Uh, tonight that he did leave Tennessee for his dream job to be the head coach at Southern Cal and mattresses are burning and riots out uh, on the streets and how Monty Kiffin had to spend the night in his office that night and then leave the next morning. Man, oh man, would that not be fun? And of course, Mark Nagy, uh, who we read, who we kind of reacted to an article that he had for Saturday Down South on one of our episodes last week, he wrote Decade of Dysfunction awesome awesome book i encourage everybody if you haven't read it read it already to get you ready to go and fired up for football season go and read decade of dysfunction um so it's been chronicled a little bit before but in in tv and show and movie form i think that that would be a whole lot of fun uh the ending to the two that or the 2007 season and ending uh the final year of butch jones shy total falling on a helmet uh jalen hurd quitting the team all that type of stuff uh getting fired the coaching search of 2017, which was just incredible, uh, where right, may he rest in peace, Mike Leach was almost the head coach here at the University of Tennessee. John Curry went on a goose chase and, and, and went AWOL, and they fired him. Uh, you go and you get well, Philip Former to come in and, and steady steady everything away. He hires Jeremy Pruitt and, of course, leads down that fiasco. Um, that was pretty much incredible. And then, of course, the same thing happens later when they fire Pruitt for cause and former steps down. So not only for the, you know, are you hiring a head football coach, but for the second time in, let's see, one, two, three years, you're hiring a new head football coach and a new athletic director at the same time. Because Tennessee can never do it the easy way, right? So the Kiffin year, the 2017 ending going into the coaching search, Jeremy Pruitt's entire tenure would love to see that chronicled, the cheating, the cheating and the allegations and all that. Um, see, what else do I have on down here? Obviously the 98 season, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, videos and everything chronicling that a uh, national championship winning season, but I would love to see somebody go back and chronicle the training camp prior to the 1998 season. Uh, Peyton Manning had just left Tennessee had just won an sec championship and all that. Right. But you lost Peyton Manning. You lost a lot of firepower. The defense absolutely beat the crap out of the offense in the 1998 training camp prior to that season. There were people on campus, I've been told, obviously I was like four or five years old when this happened, but uh, people you know, I've heard repeatedly say that um, they thought that was going to be a horrendous offense, one of the worst in the league, one of the worst in the SEC, and then they go on and score 30-plus points at Syracuse to open up that season. It's because of that defense that was so good and challenging that offense in training camp that they got better. And, of course, they they rode the defense to a national championship. But 
Uh, I would love to see that training camp story, you know, told. Right. I, I think that's uh, would be really really cool. Go to the Dare Dooley years. Uh, didn't didn't sign an offensive lineman in one of his recruiting cycles. Who does that? What is going on? The Tyler Bray fiasco where he's so good, uh, but he doesn't give a crap about anybody and what they have to say. Uh, essentially playing quarterback with a broken hand at one point in time and how he was so good and Tennessee just didn't have a defense that could stop anybody. Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. That's that's a whole lot of fun. I mean, there's a tons and tons of stories that you can go and chronicle. Wouldn't you love if you branch outside of football to go and chronicle Tony Vitello's era at Tennessee, the 2022 Vols, the best team in the country that wasn't even close, only to not make Omaha in the College World Series? Look at the Atlanta Braves this year. They are the best team in baseball. The Orioles are really, really good. There's a couple other teams that are close in terms of record-wise, but the Braves are the best team in baseball, and it's not even close, in my opinion. Um, I have a hard time believing, me as a Braves fan, okay, that the Braves are going to win the World Series <laughs> just because it's it typically, especially in baseball, and you look at college baseball, and the stat's insane. It's like, uh, it, it's wild. The uh, baseball team, the, the best team in college baseball, the number one overall seed has not won a college World Series since, like I believe, Miami in 2001. It's been that long. And so the best team in baseball, the attitude, the bad boys of baseball, all that type of stuff, home runs, dingers, wins, only to not get to Omaha. I think that 2022 season would be so great to live out. It'd be hurtful for Tennessee fans, too, because uh, they should have been in Omaha and they should have been contending for a World Series. But you talk about good TV, whoo, would love to see that as well. Uh, the 2017 into 18 basketball team with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and Jordan Bowden, Lamonte Turner, Kyle Alexander, all those guys being picked to finish 13th in the SEC pre-season voting to winning the SEC. Um, that would be something I would love to watch as well. You know, regular season, at least to share the regular season. They were so good that year. And, and really all those great Admiral years, they were f so much fun to watch, a blast to watch. There's a lot of great seasons and, and, and stints in time that, you know, here on ten here at Tennessee that could be turned into a docu-series that I think would not only engulf Tennessee fans, but would engulf the likes of college football and college fans all around, especially in the Southeastern Conference. So, again, Florida, we don't care about Florida. Not Florida Gators fans. Obviously, we're watching a Tennessee podcast right now. I'm talking on a Tennessee podcast. But Swamp Kings on Netflix is going to be must-see television. And I can't wait to watch that coming out tomorrow on Netflix. But I would, I, I, I want something like this done for Tennessee because I think there's a lot of stories to choose from. We'll love to hear what you think, what your specific time period or player or whatever. There's so many that, it, that I'm not even forgetting. I just don't have time to get to. There are so many different avenues you could do with this. You know, Pat Summit, what she did for not only Tennessee, but for all of women's sports, all of women's sports, not just women's basketball, but for women's sports. I would love to see something like that. Um, you know, Johnny Majors, <laughs> he's got a heck of a story, right? We know about John Moore. I mean, there's so many different avenues you could do. We'd love to hear your thoughts and all that. Maybe make it a part of Twitter Tuesday right here on Locked On Falls at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Falls on Twitter. Any questions, comments, concerns, we'll go over it on tomorrow's show right here on the YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Couldn't do this show without you. We are a top 100 football podcast in America, and it is all because of you. Make a lockdown balls what it is. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody.